Hello, welcome to an emergency podcast here at Country Roads Confidential here at earsports.com. I, I promise you no medical advice, no hoarding and um, life-saving advice here. Um, here to talk sports, which maybe we haven't done enough of lately amid some pretty serious stuff. And to underline the value of the occasion, live from what I'm told is a very empty Legoland out in California is Chris Anderson. Chris, you are across the country. You're removed from sports, but also um, some of the major headlines here. But I can't imagine that no matter where you go, this isn't a big deal. Yeah, this was, uh, for those who don't know, this was, you know, my spring break, my kids' spring break. We were playing this out, came out here, and it's obviously been everywhere. We're going to a lot of places. We've been to Legoland and the zoo and all that, and, and it's always on our mind. It's on everyone's mind. Uh, it's been, we've been extra cautious, and everything's been shut down, and, and I've been keeping track of it. It's kind of wild seeing all of these stories um, from back in uh, you know, on the East Coast, in West Virginia, and and with the Big Twelve in Kansas City, and and maybe beyond. Maybe, yeah. Um, certainly not from Europe for a while. It sounds like, but um, they maybe try to throw a lid on this as much as they can in the sports world, which probably is the right call. I think um, that's going to be divisive. I'm sure because people like their sports, but I think when one conference does it and another conference does it. And then the NCAA says no fans. And then you have some pretty scary scenes last night where an NBA player contracts it. One of his teammates now has it. Uh, Fred Hoiberg, the coach at Nebraska does not have coronavirus, but looked absolutely miserable on the bench. In fact, he left the game early. His players were sequestered in the locker room for quite some time. And, and you're looking at this and again, he doesn't have it. I get that, but the specter seems for real at that point, and you really can't imagine them going on. Um, I couldn't believe on Monday that this would have happened. I'm sitting here now wondering what I was thinking. This almost seems like the inevitable outcome now, right? I think so. I, I found it odd. I, I, I'm trying to remember who I should be giving credit to for this. Uh, uh, I believe it was Nicole Arbach from USA Today or wherever she is now pointed out that when they started to pull media end media um, connections with the players, it was, how does that make sense? This is so little of an interaction between media and players. And they did it for quote unquote safety reasons. Why are there fans still in there? Why are teams traveling together? Why are teams doing this? And as soon as I saw her put that, I was like, Oh yeah, duh, that is a great question. Why is this all happening? And that is the inevitable. That is what's coming. And that is what's happening. Which leads us to the next question. What's, you know, uh, as of today, uh, Thursday, we're recording this, you know, conference tournaments are getting canceled left and right. I think the Big East is the only one still going and they're currently playing. Uh, But what about the NCAA tournament? Are we going to have a selection Sunday without knowing if there's even going to be a tournament to be selected for? I don't know how you can have a tournament now. Right. Like, I understand that people are going to say, well, no fans, you restrict travel, you keep the media out, and you can control what you can control. I get that. That's admirable. But how do you fill a field of 68 teams? You know, is it 68 teams? Do you have 80 with some playing games to get to 64? Because how, I mean, if you're talking about a bubble, last four in, 
first four out, those things, those teams don't have a chance to prove themselves. Um, you know, it, it, automatic bids, at-large bids, they're all up in the air right now, too. I mean, I think it's at least half the field of the at-large bids are to be decided. Excuse me, uh, automatic bids are to be decided. That's not going to happen. Um, it, logistically, it's a nightmare. And then, to be frank, like, some of these cities have no business welcoming in tens and twenties of thousands of people for basketball games right now. Um, they're not equipped for the population they have. If this does reach some disastrous state and you're going to add people on top of that, or you drop them in there, who knows what happens and they get on an airplane and they go on all sorts of different technical directions on a map. And it's even worse. Uh, I just, and, and again, like let's not act like players are immune here. Players have this. Um, I, I, we don't have a documented case of a college player. Let's not be naive. <laughs> Somebody has this that's going to be in this tournament. Um, and then what happens? You know, do you, when that player can't go in the Sweet 16 or the first round or wherever, you can't play his team, right? So does that team forfeit and the other team advances? Like, there's just so many things right now that are very complex. It just feels like the smartest and albeit simplest thing to do is say either no or not right now. And that was my next question, the not right now. Is it possible to delay it? What, what's, how does that work? How would that even work for this team? Can you keep basketball going well into the summer? I mean, that's the big question now. I mean, schedules are one thing. You know, the NBA draft is not quite a backboard for the draft or for the NCAA tournament. It doesn't happen immediately after, so you have some time. But you're talking about arenas you're going to have to rent that are also used for concerts or other pro sports franchises or other colleges. Um, you know, some of these are on college campuses too, you know, um, in some years, I don't have the, the number in front of me right now, but for example, if there's a tournament game or a regional in Syracuse, which sometimes happens and that campus is closed, um, that's fine. That campus recovers. And all of a sudden you're going to drop a whole bunch of people on there in June. Is, is that going to be okay for that campus or that situation? It's just all the variables right now. That that's what really boggles your mind. Like, yes, there's a pretty serious thing going on right here with this virus and the trying to contain it and trying to keep people from panicking and all that. You manage the panic and you manage the spread. That's fine. To resume your tournament requires another avalanche of, of things you have to plan and consider. And you just wonder if, if again, the, the smartest and simplest thing is to say no. Um, not now is, is maybe the most fun to think about because you can't imagine – you know, a Wikipedia entry 20 years from now about the 2020 tournament, how it didn't happen. Um, that may be the outcome, but if you're trying to fill that line in your Wikipedia and you're going to have a tournament, where are you holding these games? Is it going to be in major venues? Is it going to be in, you know, smaller, you know, places that, you know, you wouldn't think of, you know, is your final four definitely in a 70,000 seat arena or is it in something smaller because it's available, you know, balancing where and when is going to be really delicate. Uh, do you want to bring this back to a micro level for West yeah. Virginia and a different sport? What about football? You were there today, first or second practice, right? But first open to the media yeah. um, and no real plan, it seems like there. Well, are we about to end up with no media access or no spring football at all? No spring game and even pushing back to the summer. I was thinking about this earlier. No recruiting camps, you know. I mean, again, this is all small micro level stuff here, but it's it's spreading. Yeah, I want to talk about that because I'm just not able or comfortable to talk about this on a major level. <laughs> like I'm, right. I'm I'm out of my element talking about renting arenas and things like that or never mind the severity of the illness and how, how contagious it is or isn't or anything like that. 
that's actually been fun to stay out of those conversations and let other people yell at each other online about it. Um, but here, it's concerning, I think, because there's so many elements at play. Um, and it has to be controlled. Um, yeah, there was a news conference today. Um, and it wasn't even like an emergency thing. It was just after practice availability. It was supposed to be the players. Um, predictably and logically, the players did not speak to reporters. Um, I kind of thought that would happen right away because if you're not letting reporters in locker rooms, you probably can't you know, do that face-to-face thing um, after a practice or, or something like that. So that just seemed like follow that policy and that applies to every other sport right now and go with it. Um, but in that place was Neil Brown and he tried his best to talk about something he was not willing or able to talk about and said that this is not his area of expertise. He does not have the most and best information about it. Um, but I don't think you ask him about contagions or theories or things like that. There are some logistical things that he has control over. He has a say over and it's kind of up in the air right now. Um, for example, spring break begins tomorrow. They're going to practice tomorrow. I get that. So they practice and they, they leave. So spring break pretty much begins when they're done. Um, following week, spring break, nobody on campus, obviously, not because of rule, but because of spring break. And then the spring semester is supposed to resume the week after. That's not going to happen now. That week has been suspended and online classes will follow in the subsequent week. The students are encouraged not to come back to campus. Obvious concerns and obvious alleviation of those concerns when you say go and don't come back. Um, what is the line that distinguishes students from student athletes? If the student athletes go home and they travel by airport or car or whatever, but they're subjected to who knows how many people who may or may not have it, but certainly they're subjected to a number of people and they come back to town. That's the exact same thing as having students who go home or go to Panama city for spring break and come back. And that's what we're trying to avoid. So can you bring them back to campus? The answer is yes. They're going to bring the football players back to campus. Um, The plan right now is to have a practice on March 24th, which is the second spring break here on campus. It's the new week they put in at the back of the first week. Um, And a lot of players are going to stay on campus. A lot does not mean all. Some players are going to leave. Um, Campus is open. You can come back. They're discouraging you from doing it. And I just wonder if that's the smartest thing. Um, I, I'm probably being cautious and I'm probably being you know, sensitive, whatever you want to say here. I don't understand this enough, but I know that um, we're putting prohibitions in place for a reason where you can't do this and you can't have fans here and you can't do this and you can't do that. Um, it just seems very flexible right now. And I'm, I'm curious if that policy will stand. Can you let football players go home and come back to practice in the spring? Not for Florida State, not for Oklahoma, but for the spring. Um, can you let your students leave and come back? Um, and even if they stay on campus, that's fine. But who stays and who goes? I don't know. Um, and then there's just stuff about, you know, pro day and a coach's clinic. And do you have the media at practice? You know, what is the policy right now? And they pretty much said today, like, we're not going to change anything, but we're going to stay up to speed as best as we can, um, which is not the best answer, but may be the best available answer. And, you know, places that are just Petri dishes for viruses and diseases and contagions locker rooms <laughs> locker rooms with a hundred college males in them um that's I, I can't even imagine how many times over the years have we heard whether basketball or football of uh, a sickness going around you know a stomach buck uh different things like that and if this is truly something that is uh you know more contagious or whatever even just uh, 
regular rate of contagiousness. Again, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't want to get too far into it, but the locker room is the worst place possible to be. You're trying to get social distancing. You're trying to be in clean places. You're trying to be clean. Going into a dirty, cramped locker room with 100 guys after practicing and contacting each other is not ideal. Not great, Chris. No. Um, the one thing that they have done is they have addressed recruiting, and I want to bounce this off you here. Um, they're going to take coaches on the road on a case-by-case basis, and they are restricting on-campus for the foreseeable future. So basically, if, if I don't know, Dante Wright or if Neil Brown or if Dante Wright and Neil Brown need to go to, I don't know, Seattle, Washington, probably not going to happen. Um, if they need to get in a car and go down to Louisa, Kentucky, that seems like it'll be okay. But um, it sounds like that they're going to put some sort of a way to, to govern who comes into campus and where they are because, you know, you really can't control what these other people go on their, on their trips. They're on spring break. You know this. They may go to a couple schools, and it's hard to play traffic cop, and maybe the best thing, best thing to do is just put a stop sign up and say, no, not right now. Um, how significant is that at this time of year for that side of the business? I think it's huge because this is already a new year where February was already blocked out. February was already for the first time ever a dead period where the guys couldn't come visit. And it was time when coaches typically have these juniors come visit. And now if you're going to put more restrictions on it and then we're coming up on the dead period in July, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to have to switch the calendar around the NCAA, uh, not known for its flexibility and, no. uh, reason to change I, I think they need to i agree i think they should put a and i believe bud elliott uh put this out from from 24 7 sports something similar i didn't read all the details but i would suggest something where you know they make it a dead period now until say mid-april into april whatever it is and then open things back up for more visits in may that's already kind of open um a bit for an evaluation period uh, but but keep that open and maybe even open up a little bit of July. You gotta gotta give kids a chance. Gotta give schools a chance too. There's also no reason to believe that this will be wiped clean by camp season. Right. I mean, if this thing spreads and grows, you may have blockades in place. Like we're we're March right now, and you say, oh, four months. But I mean, honestly, we just don't know. And again, I think that's one of the things that West Virginia is doing. That's kind of smart. For example did not cancel their spring game today um, because that's April 18th. Um, they may cancel their spring game in a day or a week or on April 16th, who knows, but like right now don't have to. So again, to speculate on those things that may happen in June or July, I, I don't know, but um, should the NCAA or should, cause they don't really have much power, I guess, but should the governors of these autonomous conferences, presidents, ADs, should they get together and do something that says, um, pause if you've done spring football and we'll allow it to continue i don't know in the summer let's say coaches are always clamoring for access over the summer could you make spring football in the summer this year could you tack on two weeks to fall camp could you do a week in the summer and a week in fall camp they feel like they have to do something here if if we're shutting down basketball tournaments um it seems like that the least they could do is make some sort of a concession for football yeah i think that that's an option, but you know who's going to whine and complain about that? The college coaches, because so many of them have 
they're every all of these spring practices are staggered. Some of them are, you know, West Virginia's in their second practice, about to go to their third. Some are already on their sixth, seventh, or eighth. Some are just haven't even started yet. So it's going to be staggered, and guys are going to complain. They might want more in the summer. They want, might want more in the spring and upset that they don't get to finish something and work with guys, especially with how so many guys transfer at the end of the spring. They're not going to get the same opportunity to figure out where they're at and coaches for to make their decisions on depth charts. So I'm not sure there's an easy answer. There's always going to be somebody upset, but that seems like the most logical decision to me. Hmm. Let's talk about the sad stuff here, the things that we're going to miss. Um, I'm going to miss John Higgins histrionics in an empty basketball arena. <laughs> I was so excited for empty. Uh, if it still happens, NCAA tournament could still happen. Just a completely just hot mics everywhere. Could you imagine the guy who's in charge of the, the little sensor button for CBS yeah. and TBS and all that? Because there's you're going to hear things on the basketball court with no fans that you'd never hear in a million years. And it was going to be awesome. And I'm disappointed that that might not happen anymore. I wanted the Scott Pelly or Dennis Dodd. I don't care who one of those two guys to do the feature on the seven second sensor guy. And uh-huh. is he doing like, like finger curls? <laughs> is he yeah. trying to get limber because he's going to be busy for many of these. Um, that that's just awful. I mean, I'm, I'm having a hard time imagining NCAA tournament play in gyms and small gyms. And it sounds like what they're going to do. And this is kind of cool, actually. Um, a lot of people talked about it's going to be brutal to watch and to play in empty cavernous arenas. You're talking NBA arenas, 20,000 people that you're going to have, you know, maybe 300 people in. Um, why do that? Why not get out of there and then go to a smaller place, you know, some junior college gym, some small arena. And it sounds like that they were thinking of doing that. So that's pretty cool. But, Man, no pep bands, no cheerleaders. The best part of, well, the best part of sports is college basketball's NCAA tournament. I think a lot of people would agree with that. The best part of the tournament is when you have fans from four to eight schools in the stands and two teams playing that have nothing to do with, I don't know, half or three quarters of that fans in the stands. They pick a side. And as the team rises or falls, they pick sides. And you can see somebody... Um, really get lifted like that. We're not going to see that. And and frankly, the best part of the NCAA tournament is is actually silence. But it's the split second between you know a guy makes a layup and the referee blows the whistle and everybody wants to see if the ball goes through. There's an indefinite and it's very brief. There's a period of silence in between the whistle and the ball going in, and it's the best part of it because everything is on the line in that spot. It's tense. It's theatrical. And we're not going to get that. And that's that's a bummer for me um, because it's a great spectator sport and you take the spectators away. Um, that just really, really uh, makes me dejected about this, too. It's, it's such a thing to look forward to, whether you're covering it or watching it. And you're not going to have that now. You're not going to have the crying piccolo player. One shiny moment, even if they have the tournament, it's going to stink. Um, boy, you never think about these things when you, when you get to how big it is, but also how many small things make up that that mosaic of what is something that everybody looks forward to, it seems like. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you do feel like we're going to get an answer on this one way or another before Sunday, right? I would say before the end of the day, we probably know if it's on or off. Oh, wow. No? That's my guess. I mean, again, the NCAA gets the ball rolling by, you know, blocking fans out. That's not the right way to put it, but, you know, Closing the doors, basically. Um, and now the conference tournaments are saying, no, we can't play. It wouldn't be smart. We can't do that with a good conscience. 
are you saying that between now and Sunday it's going to be better? No. By all indications, it's going to be worse. I don't know why they wouldn't stop this right now. And again, like you have a regional in Spokane, Washington. You don't need that right now. You don't need people going in there or coming out of there. Um, my gun to your head, Chris. Uh, are they having a selection show Sunday? No, I don't think so. Yeah, because I, I agree with you. I think it's kind of things we've been talking about and, and that medical professionals have been talking about is that the number of people who are actually infested is a lot or infected is a lot higher than what's being reported just because they haven't been tested. So the number that's going to keep appearing is going to keep going up and up and up as more people get tested. Uh, even if the spreading rate is slowing, it's just it, the number of people that they know are infected is going to grow and that's going to scare people uh, and maybe rightfully so, probably rightfully so. And you just can't do it. You, you gotta be safe. And I think, I think they're going to cancel. I'm also bummed out because you and I had a lot of fun watching those three games in Spain where there was nobody in the arena. Yes. I feel like West Virginia had a really good chance playing three games at Kansas City and at the arena. Yeah. Hey, who knows? You might have gotten Spanish Emmett Matthews back, uh, knowing that nobody was there watching and just and gone off like he did against Baylor. I think about this, too. Uh, maybe the best moment of Logan Rout's career is dunking against Marshall on a fast break in 2017. Uh, excuse me, 18. That was the NCAA tournament. Uh, Chase Harler has been – a whatever player, um, divisive, let's say he's at highs and lows, he's never really had an NCAA tournament spot. He's been a guy on two teams. He may not get that. Jermaine Haley um, goes the junior college route, comes to West Virginia because he wants to get the tournament. He may not get that. Uh, Derek Culver, Oscar Shibway, those are guys who may not be in school next year. Who knows? I'm not, but I'm just saying, like, they're not going to get an NCAA tournament experience this year. Um, Jermaine Haley played his freshman year at New Mexico State, I should say, but you kind of get what I'm getting at here too. Um, yeah, we're bummed out because we don't get to cover it or watch it. Guys dream of this. I mean, they pick their schools because of this. They pick a conference because of this. They pick basketball over football or basketball over baseball sometimes because of this, and they don't get it. Um, and again, I don't, I don't see a resolution, and I'm not sure I would be comfortable with one right now. And again, I might be being cautious, but the, the one thing I don't get is like blaming people for this or if it's an overreaction or, or an underreaction. It's a reaction, and I think when you have the benefit of foresight, you should use it. Absolutely. Mike, I'm going to have to wrap up my end here because uh, now Legoland's turned into a torrential downpour and I'm getting flooded with small, angry children under my little tarp over here. So I'll let you take it from here. Well, I'm going to wrap up, Chris. Uh, wash your hands, wipe down your seat backs on the airplane, and I will see you when I see you. But uh, that's all for this time. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Everybody, be safe. Uh, be nice to each other out there. This could be a lot worse than this, but hey, don't make it worse than it has to be. We'll see you.